Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Presented by Buick in Evanston, the world's largest Buick dealer, 1033 Chicago Avenue in Evanston. Oh, Fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. Before this exciting adventure, a word from our sponsor. Say, you want to know the real reason the Lone Ranger wears a mask? Well, years ago, the Lone Ranger made a mistake many of us make. He paid the price of a Buick, but still ended up with a whoop, whoop. You know, an ordinary car. Well, that wasn't so smart. After all, it took a long time to save up for those silver bullets. He didn't want to show his face. In fact, he got so shook up, he took it out on every lawbreaker in the West. Now, he knows it's a crime to pay the price of a Buick without getting one. So, if you can afford any new car, you're talking a Buick from Buick and Evanston. The Lone Ranger and Tonto investigated. They know it's true. Only General Motors sells more Buicks than Buick and Evanston. There must be a reason. Even Silver knows it's just good horse sense to buy your Buick from the automotive champion of justice, Buick and Evanston, 1033 Chicago Avenue, Evanston. Delivering new Buicks with the speed of light. Open every day, every evening except Sunday. Uh, Sunday, Buick and Evanston closes up. Trying to figure out where on earth the Lone Ranger gets those silver bullets. With his faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, because I am Silver. Thunder Martin was one of the closest friends of the Lone Ranger and Tonto. He was closing the corral gate on the ranch where he worked his top hand when he saw a stranger approaching. Thunder observed that the man's clothes were too large and his face peculiarly pale. Oh, oh. Howdy, stranger. Howdy. This the Hornblow Ranch? Yep, and I'm top hand. State your business. You must be Thunder Martin. Yes, that's my name. Is it true that you're a friend of the Lone Ranger? Yep. I have an important message for the masked man. Where is he? Well, he's traveling with a young jet named Dan Reed. Just uh, leave the message with me and I'll give it to the Lone Ranger's Indian pal. He'll be here soon. No, I must see the Lone Ranger. It's a matter of life and death. His death. Well, he said something about going to a place called Bryant's Gap. Bryant's Gap. It's two, three days travel south of here. Yes, I know the place, Teddy. Hello. Yeah. Doggone. A matter of life and death. I wonder what he meant. 
That night found the Lone Ranger and his teenage nephew, Dan Reed, camped in mountainous country west of Bryant's Gap. After leaving Thunder Martin, they made a side trip to visit the Lone Ranger's secret silver mine. Dan met the trusted old man who lived there, working the mine and refining the ore necessary to provide silver for the Lone Ranger's bullets and his own simple needs. My brother and I discovered that mine long ago, Dan. Before you were born. Well, that was before you and my dad joined the Texas Rangers, wasn't it, sir? Yes. When we joined the Rangers, we couldn't work the mine, so we kept the location a secret. Your father's share of that property is now yours, Dan. Someday, you may become very wealthy by starting large-scale operations there. Oh, I don't care about that. I just want to travel with you and Tonto. Oh, thanks, Dan. But later, I'd like to discuss that with you. How soon will we reach the place where... But Dad is buried. We'll be at Brian's Gap the day after tomorrow. Well, that's the... Yes, the anniversary of your father's death. Yeah. I'll always remember that day. The things that happened completely changed my life. Your life. In fact, the lives of many people. Your father and I were in a group of six Texas Rangers who were trailing the Cavendish gang. That was a powerful gang, wasn't it? Yes, Dan. Butch Cavendish and his outlaw followers terrorized the entire Southwest. We heard that the gang was hidden in the canyon known as Bryant's Gap. The six of us rode into the canyon. Your father, who was in charge of our group, signaled a halt. Oh, 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 Captain Reed, why are we stopping here? I've sent a guard ahead to scout the canyon so we'll not be ambushed. We'll wait for him to report. The guide was not a ranger. He was a civilian. And, unknown to any of us, he was working for Cavendish. We waited only about 15 minutes. Then the guide rode up to us and reported. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Captain Reed, I've located the Cavendish gang. In the canyon? No, sir. They camped in the woods beyond the far end of the canyon. You hear that, man? Yes, sir. We'll go through the canyon on the double. Come on. Easy. Get up back. Come on. Get up. Get up. Collins, the guide, had lied to us. Cavendish and his men knew that we were coming. They were waiting behind protecting rocks on both rims of the canyon. They opened fire with high-powered rifles. Our horses went down, and the six of us were trapped in the canyon floor. Three of us were wounded in the opening volley. We found meager protection behind rocks and returned the fire. We were at a tremendous disadvantage and hopelessly outnumbered. Your father and I were fighting side by side. We both had several wounds. Then, your father said, This can't go on much longer. Listen to me while I'm able to talk. My wife and son are on their way from the east. If you survive, I, I know you'll take good care of them. And I knew that nothing short of a miracle would bring any of us through that fight alive. But I nodded to your father. Then he said, I'll count on you to resign from the rangers and work that silver mine we staked out. See that my son and his mother get my share of the mine and get... Oh! Your father was struck by a fatal bullet. That's the last I remember of the fight. Tom told me how he found you in the canyon. You were the only one alive. Yes, he nursed me back to health. He buried your father and the four of the rangers... And he made a sixth mound of earth and a cross with my name on it. So the Cavendish gang would think there had been no survivors. Was it Tano's idea to wear a mask? Yes, Dan. 
He made my first mask out of the black cloth in my brother's vest. At first, I posed as an outlaw. That made it easier to run down the men in the Cavendish gang. How long did it take to get them off? Years, Dan. Last of all, we captured Cavendish himself. Did the law hang him and his pals? Some were hanged. Cavendish and several others went to jail for life. Since then, they've all died. Except Butch Cavendish. He's in the territorial prison. It took you a long time to find me after you'd become the Lone Ranger. Yes, Dan. A long time. How did you know I wasn't massacred by the Indians who attacked our wagon train? I didn't. But when I heard of that massacre, heard that there were no survivors, some inner sense seemed to tell me that my brother's son still lived. So I never abandoned the search for you. And I finally found you. Now we better turn in and get some sleep. We're breaking camp at dawn. That night, the men who had stopped to talk to Thunder Martin camped on the trail far north of Brian's Gap. And that night, Toto returned to the Hornblow Ranch. After turning his paint horse into the corral, the Lone Ranger's Indian friend rapped on the door of the bunkhouse where Thunder Martin lived. How, Thunder? Well, come on in. Doggone, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Sit down, Toto. I, uh, I want to tell you about a gent who came here looking for the Lone Ranger. He came here about noon. Said he had something mighty important to tell the Lone Ranger. He said it was a matter of life and death. Hmm? That plenty strange. He wouldn't tell me the message, and he didn't want to wait for you. So I told him the Lone Ranger was heading for Bride's Gap. He knew where that is and said he'd go there. How him look? Well, he's a homely-looking galoot with small eyes that shift around while he talks. He was wearing clothes that looked like they'd been borrowed from someone bigger. Oh, oh, I wonder why him want Lone Ranger. Oh, horse, you stopped outside. Hey, Thunder, you there? There you are, coming. Well, it's Western Union. How are you, Sparks? All right. You're a long way from town. Well, that's on account of this message, Thunder. It came over the wire tonight. It might be important. Oh. It's for the Lone Ranger. Well, Toto's a masked man's partner. Give him that message. Hey, it just tells about someone who busted out of jail. Oh, it's say Cavendish. Yeah, Cavendish. That's Butch Cavendish. Him, man, who was here. Me remember him. But Toto, you tell him where Lone Ranger go? Well, yeah. Cavendish I... go there. Him last a bad gang, and him kill Lone Ranger. Me try catch him before it's too late. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Talk about your square shooters. Nobody compares to the Lone Ranger, champion of justice who led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. And in the automobile business, nobody comes close to Buick and Evanston anywhere in the United States. Buick and Evanston has led the fight for bigger selections and bigger savings on Buicks until today and low these many years, only General Motors sells more Buicks. Buick and Evanston has the biggest corral of spanking new 69 Buicks either side of the Grand Canyon. No buying out of a catalog. You see what you can buy, and you can buy what you see. 
So why bamboozle yourself? Uh, that's Western Sun for cheat yourself. Gallop on out to Buick and Evanston and pick out the greatest hunk of horsepower since the great horse Silver. Ask for the same mysterious money-saving deal that made Buick and Evanston the world's largest Buick dealer. 1033 Chicago Avenue in Evanston. Open every day and night except Sunday. Sunday? Sunday they play horseshoes. The hard way. <laughs> With real horses. <laughs> Now to continue. It was mid-afternoon on the anniversary of the massacre in Bryant's Gap when the Lone Ranger and Dan guided their horses past high cliffs toward the canyon's entrance. The ground was littered with rocks of all sizes, some as large as a fair-sized house. When the horsemen came alongside a particularly big boulder that stood a few yards from the base of the cliff, the masked man drew rein. Stop here, Dan. Close it. Oh, make the hoop, I hope. Golly, this is rough country. It hasn't changed a bit since that day years ago. And just ahead of us, there's a gap in the cliff. Is that the entrance to the canyon? Yes, Dan. Then why are we stopping here? Isn't that where we're going? Yes. We leave the horses here in the shade of the boulders, easy, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Then there's the entrance to the cave. Oh. Is that where Tonto brought you after he found you wounded in the canyon? Yes. That's where I first put on a mask and became the Lone Ranger. Is it... Is it far to Dad's grave? No. He's buried right at the entrance to the gap. We'll go there now. The entrance to Bryant's Gap was about 50 yards wide and bounded by cliffs 100 feet or more in height. Masses of rock that had been broken from the cliffs by countless years of wind and storm were piled along the sides of the canyon. Near the western side of the entrance, there was a little plot of grassland. Here, Dan Reed saw six mounds of earth, each marked by a crudely fashioned cross. Toto and I carved the names in these crosses before we rode away from here, Dan. Oh. And this one on the left. Marks the resting place, the man who led us, Captain Reed. My dad. One of the finest, most courageous men who ever lived. You're going to be just like him. I want him to be... to be proud of me. He is. Believe me, Dan, he's proud of you. These others, Jim Bates, Sam Cooper... Jack Stacy and Joe Brent, Texas Rangers. This one, the Sixth Cross. My name is on it, Dan. Yes, I see. That's why Cavendish and his gang thought all of us were dead. They never knew that one Texas Ranger became the Lone Ranger. Oh, Dan! A shot! I'm here. Keep down. Moving with lightning speed, the Lone Ranger grabbed Dan's arm and leaped to the shelter of nearby rocks. And the masked man was none too soon. The third shot brushed his shoulder. Keep your head down. Who's firing at us? I don't know. I didn't even see where the shots were coming from. I did. There's a man on top of the cliff on the far side. You're hit. It's nothing, just a scratch. Gosh, he seems determined to get us. I'll return his fire. Did you get him? No. I don't expect to from here. He's in a position to fire down at us without showing much of himself. Good thing this rock is plenty high. Yes. Who do you think he is? I have no idea, Dan, but I'm going to find out. Here, take this gun. I've taught you to use it. Yes, sir. I'll leave my gun belt with you. There's plenty of ammunition. But you... I'll keep one gun. 
Now listen carefully, Dan. Yes, sir. Reach around the side of this rock for the gun and fire in the general direction of that opposite cliff. Now? Yes, try it. But don't expose your head or shoulder. That's the way. Now fire. Good. He fired back. That's what I want. Maintain spaced gunfire to keep his attention. I'm going to the top of that cliff. I think I can reach it without being seen. But your shoulder, you're wounded. A scratch. Keep firing. The many boulders concealed the Lone Ranger as he circled wide and reached the cliff on the far side of the canyon's mouth. The cliff was difficult to climb. The masked man was hampered by his wound, but finally he reached the top. He was a hundred yards from the edge of the canyon, a hundred yards behind the gunman. He reached for the gun he'd stuck in his belt and gasped. His gun was gone. He lost it, scaling that wall. Though unarmed and dismayed, the Lone Ranger lost no time through indecision. He moved ahead cautiously and quickly, hoping that the unknown gunman wouldn't turn. A man was crouched behind a rock at the edge of the cliff. He fired intermittently, and Dan Reed's responses came like an echo. The Lone Ranger was within 50 yards of the attacker. The distance narrowed to 25 yards, then half of that, when the gunman paused to reload his weapon. It was then that the masked man spoke. Drop that gun. What's it? Cavendish. You, here. I want you. you. The masked man charged, but Cavendish was ready. The two men, armed only with their fists, met face to face. Cavendish swung and missed. The Lone Ranger struck a hard blow. Cavendish snarled. I've waited years to kill you. The Lone Ranger was weak from loss of blood. His blows lacked their usual force. Cavendish, on the other hand, was tough and strong from years of hard prison labor. And he knew all the foul tricks of rough and tumble fighting. He kicked and gouged. He clawed and bit. The two became locked and went down. The Lone Ranger's head struck a rock. He was half stunned. Cavendish secured a grip on his throat. Glad my gun was empty. Rather kill you with my bare hands. Weak and only semi-conscious, the Lone Ranger's fighting heart would not admit defeat. He mustered his strength for a final mighty effort and wrenched free. He rolled away from Cavendish, then lay flat on his back, his head scant inches from the edge of the cliff. Cavendish leaped to his feet. I'll get you. I'll strangle the life out of you. I'll square things. The Lone Ranger saw the outlaw coming, arms extended, fingers reaching for a death grip. He thought, my last chance, my life or his. All right, Cavendish, you... No! The Lone Ranger could hardly realize that the fight had ended. He had acted instinctively to meet the attack by bending his knees to bring up his feet and by grasping the outlaw's extended hands, which were reaching for his throat. Cavendish was lifted bodily by the Lone Ranger's boots against his stomach. He somersaulted over the masked man and over the edge of the cliff into the ravine. Ranger's strength gradually returned and his brain cleared. He made his way to the base of the cliff. He found the gun that had fallen from his belt, then hurried to the entrance of Brian's Gap. There he saw Cavendish lying on the ground. Dan Reed and Tonto were at the outlaw's side. Tonto, he was happy. Me learn Cavendish come here. Me ride hard, try to catch him. Me, too late. Tonto arrived while you and that man were fighting on the cliff. We saw Cavendish fall. Oh, uh, Tonto, he's still alive. Uh, but him dying. Him not live long. Hurt plenty bad. You masked troublemaker. Cavendish, can you hear me? I hear you. You made trouble for me from the start. Smashed my game. Yes. The Lone Ranger dropped to his knees beside the dying outlaw. He leaned forward so his face was close. Uh, Cavendish, I'm going to remove my mask. Don't bother. I want you to die knowing the true identity of the man who smashed your gang. Now, look at me. Do you remember me? You, Reese. No. 
No, you're dead. No, Cavendish. I'm not dead. I, I saw you fall. I saw your grave. You all six of the rangers. One ranger did not die, Cavendish. One ranger lived to avenge the others. Beaten by you. My whole gang smashed by one lone Texas ranger. Yes, Cavendish. By one lone ranger. I wish I could have died not knowing it. You... Cavendish, then, in the sun. Bono, he was the last of that gang. Now we may feel free to take down the sixth cross and smooth the ground, so only five mounds of earth remain. Charlie, it's like the hand of fate. What is, Dan? You, Cavendish... The long years of smashing that gang. And it all ends right here where it began. No, Dan. It doesn't end here. We'll keep riding. I'll keep my mask and continue as an unknown man. There are still many outlaws in the West. Men like Cavendish who must be brought to justice. I want to help. I've shown you that I can use a gun. May I have one of my own? Yes, Dan. But when you're a man, there'll be law and order in the West. And great cities like those in the East. There will always be bad men, but they'll be different from the kind we know. To combat them, you'll need weapons and strength and courage. But these must be backed by knowledge and education to handle them intelligently. Our great country will progress only so long as there are leaders. You and young people like you must educate yourselves to be the leaders. Son, I want you to go to college to study science and law, history and the problems of government. I want you to learn the many things required so you'll be ready to take your place as a good citizen and carry on where we leave off. I understand. Knowing that you're in school preparing for the future, I'll be content to continue helping others bring law and order to the West until you young men can take over. Look at Dan. He kneeled by grave. He's close to his father, Toto. Ah. And that where you, me, pledged friendship many years ago. This is a good time to renew that pledge. Kimasabi, long as you live, long as me live, me ride with you. You know, out west, every rancher is mighty proud of the brand he puts on his cattle, partner. Now, Buick and Evanston can't very well brand every great new 1969 Buick with a red-hot brand and iron. It would blister the paint, something awful. But they do put on a little sticker that brands their Buicks as one out of the Buick and Evanston herd. And lately, have you noticed, it seems like most every Buick you see has that Buick and Evanston brand. There must be a reason, a money-saving reason. Honest engine. I threw that in for you, Tonto, Kimasabi. Only General Motors sells more Buicks than Buick and Evanston. So if you think that bigger volume means lower prices, 
you're starting to figure it out, partner. So if you'd rather have one of those thoroughbred Buicks, if you'd rather get delivery with the speed of light, if you'd rather pay less, come to the dealer with America's biggest corral of every new 1969 Buick model and color. Buick in Evanston, 1033 Chicago Avenue, Evanston, open every day and night except Sunday. Sundays they close, uh, trying to figure out how to brand Buicks without blistering the paint. Your host for these thrilling moments out of yesteryear, the daring and resourceful Buick in Evanston, automotive champion of justice, delivering new 69 Buicks with the speed of light and a hearty hi-ho savings. 1033 Chicago Avenue, Evanston. Join us for Buick and Evanston when the Lone Ranger rides again. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday at 5 o'clock. Thank you.